So this is podcast Free Roscoe, the recap podcast on Radio Free Roscoe by a pair of sisters. Yep, that's it. <laughs> uh, this is episode three, which is focusing on episode three of Radio Free Roscoe about a girl. Yeah, so episode three aired August 1st, 2003, making it the first episode to ever air. If you'll Wait, remember- what? The first two episodes aired October 31st, 2003. So because those were the series pilot, they weren't ever actually supposed to air. So this was the first episode to ever air. But the what? first two episodes are like essential to setting everything up. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> so this was the first episode to ever air. Cool. Incredible. Uh, directed by Chris Grismer and written by Doug McRobb. This marks the first appearance of Ashley Newbro as Audrey. Ashley Newbro and Janelle Williams have both made a, a good buck off of doing bad Christmas movies. Oh my gosh, that's great. I just saw, um, if you haven't seen the holiday calendar on Netflix, don't. It's not good, but it's got Janelle Williams in it. So that was a fun little surprise. Our very own Kim Carlisle. In a movie with Ron Cephas Jones. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, watch the holiday calendar or maybe don't. Or maybe don't. <laughs> or you can watch... A Night Before Christmas, Oh no! The, the Vanessa Hudgens one with the night, because in that movie, the night watches the holiday calendar on Netflix. Oh my Continuing God, the tradition. Again? Yes. Oh my gosh. Netflix has got a lot of these Christmas movies now, and they do this weird cross-promotional thing where they all have characters watch Netflix movies in their own Netflix movies. And they did this last year with The Princess Switch, where they were watching A Christmas Prince. It boggles the mind. I know that this is coming out post-Christmas season, but I hope that that means everybody has seen A Night Before Christmas at this point, because it is just a wild film. So <laughs> at one point, this night watches a holiday calendar on Netflix, and then also a nature documentary about elephants, and then also a Rob Lowe film I don't know which one, maybe the Christmas shoes, some sort of like oh. Rob Lowe Christmas movie. I bet it was the Christmas shoes. Um, so he watches movies like all night, which means he's probably watched like five movies. Yeah. And has picked up like common slang in diction what? by the next morning. So like Vanessa Hudgens comes to check on him and he's like, this is lit AF. No. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. As of this recording, I haven't watched this movie yet, but I will in the very near future. There's also a very fun Alexa plug in it. Vanessa Hudgens has an Alexa and he's like trying to get it to do things. And at one point he says something about like snow or dashing or something. And she goes, okay, playing dashing through the snow. Which is not the name of the song. The song is called fucking Jingle Bells. <laughs> uh, it's a fucking wild, Jingle Bells, fucking Jingle Bells. It's a wild film. And even though it's past the Christmas season, I think it's uh, enjoyable all year round. Oh, I'm sure they'll they'll leave it up for those January blues that we're all in the midst of at the, at the release of this podcast. Uh, so shall we dive into the episode? Yeah. Okay, guys, choose. Head the size of a watermelon or the size of a fist? Definitely watermelon, because then, you know, you have a chance of growing into it. So, opening of this episode, we get the gang hanging out on the stairs, playing a game of choose. The first game of choose! Which is just would you rather. Yeah, but it's RFR But style. it's RFR, so it's called choose. Yes! Um, we find out that Robbie has a new girlfriend that he met on a trip to Lake Erie. Oh my gosh! Yeah. They probably went to, like, Port Stanley or something. <laughs> 
wouldn't that be wild if they actually said port stanley ontario on the show (laughs) it's like dubbed over yes and uh i just love the text boops so he's texting this girl that he met all day long and it's just like it's great he has like it looks like our dad's first cell phone (laughs) and it's making all these little boops and beeps she's like flirting with him and he's like she sent the symbol for kissy face wait what's the symbol for kissy face i think it was like um a colon with an asterisk oh yeah yeah i also like that he says now we correspond daily like to the point that the three of them can quote him word for word that he said they correspond daily this 14 year old we've i think we've established that robbie and travis are in some ways two sides of the same coin when it comes to being like philosophical and deep travis is just like the douchier version (laughs) (laughs) a tale of two nathans that's so true. A tale. Oh, you got it. Nathan Stevenson on one side, Nathan Carter on the other. Amazing. We can end the show now. <laughs> <laughs> We've cracked the nut. Hello. Oh, hey, Audrey. Just wanted to return your notes. Thanks a lot. Hey, Audrey, choose day with Superman or Spider-Man. So we get the introduction of Audrey. She's like the second female character in the show so far. Well, after Kim. She's a new female character yes. <laughs> in this show. She's a friend of Lily's, as is established. So they invite her into the game of choose. They say, uh, choose between a date with Superman and Spider-Man. And she says, well, if I date Superman, I'd have to date a guy who wears his underwear on the outside. And Travis says, but if you date Spider-Man, you have to carry his wallet. No pockets. And he waves his finger a lot when he says no pockets. Like Sonic the Hedgehog style, just like, no, no, no. <laughs> and Audrey falls in love with him over that. Like, immediately. Immediately. There's, like, so much eye contact between yeah. the two of them. Just smolder. It's wild. Travis is real smooth with the ladies talking about how Spider-Man ain't got no pockets. And also Audrey is wearing like the shiniest lip gloss, which is just great. There's just a lot of lip gloss in the show. I think that's a lot of the budget. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Just tubs of lip gloss. (laughs) Just gonna dunk your face in there before every time. ever used lip gloss? What's that? (laughs) Ever used lip gloss in a tub? (laughs) (laughs) You just... You just kind of do the kissy lips and you dunk your face in. You're good to go. You put your face right into the gloss. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. Can I get some fries with that shake? What okay. the fuck? Okay. And Ray's response as Audrey walks away is, can I get some fries with that shake? What does that mean? I... Well, to try and... Uh, was it the milkshake song out then? Probably, oh, right? Yeah. 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 What are the fries? <laughs> okay. So we had thought when Ray says this, it's in reference to the song Milkshake. Yeah. Everyone knows the song Milkshake. Yeah. Milkshake came out August 27th, 2003. Three weeks after this came out. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> this is the predecessor. <laughs> so, I mean... Okay, was Milkshake like common parlance at that time? Because I wouldn't know it outside of this song. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was, but we were like tiny babies. Yeah. So I, like when, when in 2003, I was 11 and you were you were seven. So yeah, we wouldn't have known. We, we were, we don't we were know too small. about butts. Don't know about butts. What are the fries? What are the fries? <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry about Ray. He can be so obnoxious sometimes. Whatever. Travis is cute. 
So uh, after after we leave the stairs, we flip to a really kind of fun and interesting shot. It's one of the things like about RFR is they find like there's a couple interesting shots in this episode. So it goes to Lily and Audrey at Lily's locker. And the opening shot is from inside of Lily's locker as Audrey and Lily are chatting and Lily apologizes for Ray and Audrey immediately is all like Travis is kind of cute and Lily asks if she likes him and Audrey says is there a reason not to and oh Audrey there's so many reasons not to <laughs> like Audrey Travis. do you know how many men he's killed <laughs> do you know how many men he's killed uh thought that I had going over episode one again yeah so we we discussed some of the crew Back in episode one, I've had a revelation in the past few days. So we establish that the DOP for this show is named George. And (gasps) what jacket does Travis have? What name tag does he have on his jacket? Oh my gosh. It's George. (laughs) Wow. Sick crew ref. It could be a crew ref. Yeah. Or it could be the man he killed. Or it could be the man he killed. Yeah. It's just a, a fun little wink to the audience, whether you believe Travis is a martial art murderer or not do we know how long travis has been at the school like is he a new kid that year may i i'm guessing so because it seems like like we start with them at the beginning of a new school year yeah and i think he's i think he's new that well well hang on a minute though because if they're in ninth grade and this is ontario not ontario they're all new yeah huh (laughs) unless you know they're judging other students when yeah. they're in ninth grade, yeah. you know, they do their whole nature documentary thing as mm-hmm. if they're older, you yeah. know? That's like something you would do for y- younger students who mm-hmm. don't know better. Travis, can you do me a favor? Cover for me at the station. Here's my playlist. All you have to do is just hit play. We get a really good Travis shirt in this episode. Oh, <laughs> this, what is this, this shirt? This is a wild collar and a zipper. Yeah. So basically, Audrey and Lily are chatting about... You know, Lily's always hanging out with guys and stuff. And so Lily and Audrey arrange to have kind of a kind of a girls night after school. So Lily approaches Travis to ask him to cover for her. And we get just like a gorgeous close up of or medium close up of Travis with this shirt. Like it's wild. It's dark brown. It's got like white stitching and this dramatic, extremely dramatic, like flared out collar with like, I don't, I just, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> it's kind of like a polo, but instead of buttons, it's a zipper. Just a weird combination of elements. Yeah, that's that's Travis fashion for you, though. And that's Travis. And that's Travis. Cut to Travis and Ray in the radio station prepping for the show. And Travis reveals to Ray that Lily is not joining them today. To which Ray responds that he needs her to be there because... I need her to play guitar for my Nelly spoof. What? <laughs> what audience is this? <laughs> It just what's what what Nelly track would he have been spoofing in two thousand three? Oh, Hot in Here won the Grammy Award that year. So what's the fourteen year old spoof of Hot in Here? I mean, Hot in Here was like kind of an in joke when I was fourteen because I was um we had middle school dances and there were always issues with students grinding like we would get a talking to every single time there was a dance and i remember being in my ninth grade class right before a dance and one of my friends said it's getting hot in here so dance appropriately (laughs) (laughs) 
who knows? Maybe that's uh, that's the type of thing that Ray was going for. They do like to make fun of Principal Waller. I'm very curious about what is hot in here rewrite would be. It's hot in here because we're in a tiny shed. <laughs> Where's all your makeup? Uh, you're holding it. So we cut to Audrey and Lily entering Lily's bedroom and Audrey's like the first thing she says is this looks like my brother's room. There's nothing about this. Like it's a very gender neutral room yeah. to be honest. It's a very nice room. <laughs> it is. I like her shelves. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Lily's got this amazing room that has these kind of like X squarey shelf thingies to hold her CDs. She and she's got slanted got... ceilings. Oh. You know I love me a slanted ceiling. Yes. She's got like beautiful like skylights and slanted ceilings and it looks like she's got like painted stars or something on it's beautiful oh, yeah this is a beautiful bedroom yeah lily's room looks like exactly what i think what the type of room both of us wanted at the ages we were watching this show yeah <laughs> lily lets audrey know she's never actually worn makeup but she's wearing hella lip gloss just like everyone else in the show but does lip gloss what's your opinion on lip gloss as makeup is it makeup oh, it's like nothing Okay, I'm kind of a makeup doofus, so. She could also just be wearing like a crazy metal lip balm. Oh my God. Like reapplying like 20 times. Just straight Vaseline all the time. (laughs) Just picturing like just somebody like taking a tube of lip balm and like. Just constantly. Just constantly, just around and around. That's why like when Audrey walks in, she asks Lily like what her makeup is and she picks up like a chapstick and Lily says that's it. She doesn't know that Lily has a whole drawer of other chapsticks just every day. Oh no, I did play Pocahontas in the fourth grade recital, but it just seems like you're hiding behind something. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. I missed that. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Do we talk about this? (laughs) I think we have to. Are we qualified to talk about this? Probably not. (laughs) Oh, boy. Getting into some appropriation here. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. They could have picked any other role. Yeah. They didn't have to say Pocahontas. No. Say fucking Cinderella or some shit. It's already what, a what problematic What grade story. did she say that that was in? She said fourth grade. Fourth grade. So that's five years before this. That's 1998. <gasps> oh, God. Residential schools had closed like two years before. Oh, We did not boy. have a good relation. Like, we still don't. But... Oh, jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. Oh, no. <gasps> oh, my favorite song! <laughs> this is like a very mellow song and audrey's reaction to it is like so hyped yeah and i'm like everyone has a like favorite song they get excited about but i feel like if you heard if your favorite song was like a little like mellow little ballad you'd be like oh this is my favorite song mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she just really likes moody boys i think this is um, something we establish very <laughs> very soon cut to the the boys back in the radio station and robbie looks lost in thought and travis asks if things are going well with eve and Robbie says they are, but he has to match her last text message because it was so amazing. And that honestly is such a cute four, 14 year old thing to say, just to be like, this text message. Well, and especially <laughs> for it to be a boy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that is true. That's to nice. Show Robbie, Robbie has feelings. Robbie's sensitive. Robbie's sensitive. Yeah. Robbie's, Robbie's not out here judging people for having feelings. Yeah. He just has feelings. Man, this show. Progressive. Like, it's good to have feelings. Amazing. What station is this? Radio Free Roscoe. What is it about love that's caused countless songs no, to be written? No, it's cool. 
I like a little philosophy with my music. So now we get to an interesting scene interplay where um, we cut back and forth between the radio station, Lily and Audrey. And this is another one of those really cool shots. Uh, we go back to the action in Lily and Audrey's room, but we're, it's shot from like inside the radio. Yeah. <laughs> which is really neat. That's very cool. Yeah. You get like a little reference to like where they are on the radio dial. They're on 88.1. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a really cool shot. We'll definitely have to share like just a screenshot of, yeah. of this. It's, yeah, uh, it's it's a very interesting framing, and you know they didn't have to do that. No, good job. Uh, Thanks, George. George, yes, good job, George. That's why you get your name on a jacket. Nice intro, Ray. It's not my department; it's Lily's. And besides, somebody had to cut off Doctor Love here. What do we think Ray's department is? Because he says so. Ray kind of fumbles a transition into a song because he's frustrated and when Robbie calls him out on it he says it's not my department it's Lily's implying Lily is responsible for all of the music Mm -hmm. so if she's doing that Robbie's like philosophizing Travis is kind of like manning the technical side of things taking calls what does Ray do I don't is he just there for for joke 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 commentary I think he is there just for joke joke commentary Dance Dance Revolution? <laughs> yeah, he leads the joke joke revolution. He's just there to dunk on people. God. Like, we've kind of... Uh, He's the most accurate 14-year-old, honestly. Yeah, that is so true. Out of all these 14-year-olds, I mean, Lily's, I think, a pretty accurate 14-year-old. But yeah. like these these two philosophy Nathans, and then, yeah, Ray just being like this like kind of obnoxious, but yeah. like you like him anyway. Yeah. He's, he's the douchey boy. But the nice douchey boy, even though he takes it too far a lot of times. Yeah. I also, I love that, uh, so so Travis is trying to help Robbie out. Ray keeps dunking on Robbie for philosophizing about love. And uh, Travis says, I think what you said was perfect. And Robbie's like, really? And Travis says, send her the MP3 file to find out and hands him a CD. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Also, how did he burn it so fast? They literally finished talking like seconds ago. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. I really like um, Audrey kind of establishes this structure to a proper girl time hangout. We've done every magazine quiz, pigged out, listened to music, pigged out again. Now there's only one thing left to do. Discuss yesterday's science film. No, unless yesterday's science film was on boys so you have to eat food between all of these things <laughs> to, to replenish your energy yeah eating and listening to music are two separate items in the list you yeah. can't do both stop eating <laughs> this is listening time but I, I really like this like very established list of these are the things girls like to do yes eat and listen to music <laughs> and do magazine quizzes I do love a magazine quiz. I I still find so much joy in it. Every now and then I want to get like a a magazine or one of those and just just go through for nostalgia's sake. But I don't know any of the teens these days. You and I both had our stashes of teen magazines. You had a lot of M. I had a lot of Bop and Tiger Beat. And I wish I hadn't gotten rid of them. Yeah. Like I wish wholeheartedly I still had them because they were so much fun and they're such a... I was having this talk with a friend recently, actually, about what gets archived and what doesn't. Things like Tiger Beat and Bop and M and stuff like that. You know, where do you find old issues of those? It's kind of like considered sort of low teen culture. So it's not 
necessarily yeah. deemed of cultural importance, but it is a snapshot yeah. of teen culture at that time. But yeah, they're they're meant to be like this very disposable temporary thing. And every now and then you just want to like re-experience just that little moment. I really do. If anyone out there has like, you know, access to a stash of mid-2000s Tiger Beat or knows where to find them. <laughs> well, when I was in middle school, so like about the age of, of these kids, I had at least one wall in my bedroom that was like fully wall-to-wall wallpapered with like magazine posters oh, me of too. the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, and... mine was MCR, but same. So Audrey asks Lily what type Travis is. Travis, or Lily says, Travis tends to keep that to himself. And Audrey says, oh, strong, silent type. Travis, strong, silent type. You can do the rest of this one on your own. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just one of the guys, remember? Maybe to your guy friends, but that's not how other boys see you. What are you talking about? Well, Lee Johns thinks you're cute. So Audrey reveals that Lee Johns, this mysterious schoolboy, thinks... (laughs) Mysterious schoolboy? Mysterious boy at the school thinks Lily is cute. And that ends the Audrey and Lily scene. Cut to day two. Lily looks so cute. I love denim jackets. Travis is wearing the same shirt as he did the day before, but in blue. Oh, and we get Lee Johns. I'm pretty sure this is his only acting credit. I was looking at that. Yeah, I managed to find his LinkedIn profile. Oh, delightful. He works in customer relations now. Nice. Look who's coming. Oh no, what do I say? Um, just ask questions about him, his favorite subject, and remember to laugh. Okay, well, what if he isn't funny? Pretend. Audrey and Lily make this grand entrance and and confuse the radio boys because Lily's wearing a dress. And they talk to Lee Johns, who is in full, like, basketball gear. And uh, they're talking about stuff. And Lily attempts to flirt by (laughs) giving him this weird little boop on the arm. Yeah. And it's like, it's like one of those, like, moves where like you're talking to someone you make physical contact with them yeah mm-hmm. that, that's a thing but it's like it's not in the middle of a sentence yeah it's like she's just said something and then she just kind of like pokes it on <laughs> it's so funny and she's... it's like if they played it really awkward it would be fine because she's yeah. like she's 14 you mm-hmm. know she's nervous yeah but they like play it like it works oh my god yeah ray starts like freaking yeah. out yeah because she Weirdly, weirdly booped him, him on the arm. <laughs> Being like, ha ha ha, boom. <laughs> Where were you yesterday? Why are you dressed like this? And what are you doing talking to Lee Johns? I was hanging out with Audrey because I like it and it's none of your business. So we get Lily uh, chatting with the boys after flirting with Lee Johns, apparently quite successfully. Yeah. He got uh, an arm boop after he all. He got an arm boop. Like half first pace. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you one the arm, you're basically married. Call the priest. <laughs> she boofed him, call the priest. <laughs> she boofed him, call the priest. <laughs> it sounds like a like 90s British sitcom. Yes. Oi, she boofed him, call the priest. <laughs> or it's um, like a folk song. Oh, she boofed him, call the priest. <laughs> oh, she boofed him, call the priest. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our favorite song of the episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but Lily goes to chat with the boys. Ray is very vocally upset. He says that she ditched the show to play dolls. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, this is this is Ray Ray's douche character. Yeah, we're get, getting some Ray douche in here. Ray douche. Roy Ray Donk. Douche. Robbie kind of agrees with Ray's sentiment, just says she looks nice, but she can't just ditch the show. 
And Lily says, sometimes I need a break from you guys. I don't know how long she's been friends with Travis at this point, but that's that's kind of rough, you know, because it, it can't have been very long. Yeah. You know, like maybe a, a few weeks into the school year. I mean, Travis is a lot. <laughs> Travis is a lot. I mean, I would need a break from him, but like... <laughs> These people are kind of all he's got, so that's got to kind of suck. Yeah, it's got to cut a little bit. And he's been like, you know, for as annoying and pretentious as Travis could be, he's been like super supportive to everyone, like trying to help Ray or Robbie out with uh, with Eve. Just like thinking back to episode two where he like, smart dog. He's like, thanks, Ray. Like he so genuinely wants to be yeah. part of their friend group. Aww. Travis. I'm just picturing little Travis like part of your world moment. Look at this astronaut food, isn't it neat? <laughs> so, let's pop on over to the CanCon commercial break. This week, I wanted to talk about a show kind of in the same vein of RFR. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be talking about Radioactive. I never watched myself. But it ran on YTV from 1998 to 2001, kind of a teen tween sitcom. Nice. It was based on the Quebec series Radio Enfer, which uh, ran Beautiful. for six seasons in from 1995 to 2001 with a total of 143 episodes. What? Yeah. Oh, so this is the Quebec show. The, that... the Quebec show okay. ran for 143 episodes, 1995 to 2001. Um, this kind of English Ontario mm-hmm. adaptation started in 98 moved to 2001. Basic synopsis of it says, Radioactive follows a group of students at Upper Redwood High who have a radio show. Chaos follows as the group try to work together, watching out for the sneaky Miss Noelle Atoll who always believes they're up to something. Oh. So very similar in kind of like the radio station format, but this is kind of as if the main group were at Cougar Radio instead of having their own radio station. And also it's a very like, sitcom-y, multi-cam, yeah. I want to say laugh track kind of show. Yeah. It itself, this adaptation, ran for 78 episodes, which is longer than RFR. And we, we've got some uh, we got some names in here, some people who went on to do some things. So we got Vic Sahay, who played Kevin Calvin, who is the jock of the group. Your eyes shine like the light as it reflects off my numerous hockey trophies. <laughs> Went on to play Lester Patel in Chuck for 80 episodes. Oh. So early on. Uh, and he was in Captain Marvel as Hero Torfin. Torfan? I've not seen Captain Marvel, but I have he's seen in it. Captain Marvel. I don't remember that name. The show also had uh, Michael Yarmush in it. He played Ethan St. John. Yes, I'm familiar with the game Chess, George. I believe it was invented a. Really long time ago. Uh, Michael Yarmish was the original voice of Arthur Reed. Yeah, I was like, why do I don't know that name? Yeah. It's because I, for some reason, know the name of the original actor yeah, for so Arthur. He was in it. And also uh, Vanessa Lengies, who played a character named Morgan's little sister. Vanessa went on to play Sugar on Glee. She was in like a later season. I want to say she was one of the cheerleaders. Oh, I have no idea. But that meant she was still playing a high schooler 13 years after this show. She's like that... Uh... I'm always, I always forget his name, but like the guy who was Cameron and Ferris Bueller, 
who's like 30. I, uh, I've read some articles about it. So this is one from TVA.com. So this says, Radioactive's humor holds up fairly well and with only a few dated posters and an old Macintosh really holding back as a relic of the 90s. The show follows a group of high school students who had to maintain a C average to keep their radio station alive, so they would often try to help each other study and grew to be a tight-knit group of friends. They were a rather quirky bunch, and their antics throughout the show's run included using the school radio system to help a fellow student pass an oral exam and broadcasting gossip over the radio. iStrainProductions.com says it was shot on a shoestring budget with minimal sets and no frills. Each episode was blocked and taped in a single day, with first takes often being the only takes. And from the clips I've seen of the show, I can attest to that. (laughs) Some of it's very awkward um, and the sets are very minimal. It seems like they're basically just in the radio station or a classroom most of the time. Yeah. From what I've seen. That's and charming. also from what I've seen, the show is so goddamn 90s. It's it's wild. <laughs> so so a little bit more than some dated posters and a Macintosh holding it back just, from Just in, in how it, it feels, how it's written, like the humor of it. Yeah. It's like very cheesy sitcom oh, that you don't awesome. see today because yeah. it's just not well received at this point. Yeah, it's true. But like the 90s, the sitcom was the thing, you yeah. know? Uh, but why are there so many radio shows for teens yeah. at this time? You know, a very different vibe to RFR, I will say. Mm -hmm. Because when I first heard about Radioactive, I was like, oh, no, is RFR a knockoff? (laughs) What have I been living a lie? (laughs) No. So somebody on TV.com went through and wrote out some very detailed synopses. Oh, my God. For some of these episodes. But I'm just going to go through and read off some of my favorites. Um, Some of are my favorite because they're weird. Some are my favorite because they're so long. Oh, no. Somebody typed out every Somebody single Somebody who doesn't detail. know what a synopsis is. Okay. First synopsis. This is a short one. One day, Miss Atoll discovered that someone had deliberately wrecked a Kenny G CD. Not Kenny. <laughs> she leaves it up to Radioactive to find out who had done it or else they would be suspended. What? A Kenny G CD. Yeah. <laughs> I just really enjoy that little fact. Second synopsis. Mr. Noseworthy received a letter. I mean, just Noseworthy. Noseworthy is such a good Mr. name. Mr. Noseworthy received a letter from a new professional radio show, and they just need one member from Radioactive to perform live on air in front of the whole region. Excitedly, the group introduces a format. Morgan entertains being a group of animals in a zoo, while Tanya uses gentle and sleepy music on her show. George uses a cowboy personality, <laughs> while... Kevin becomes the Howard Stern of Radioactive. Oh my god. Using a demanding script which Mitch Atoll has censored, leaving him saying bum bum for the entire <laughs> transcript. <laughs> I love YTV. <laughs> Ethan features his financial report, and when the cassette deck failed to bring a Bob's Bacon advertisement, he does it on his own, producing some pig noises. (laughs) Ethan was chosen to be part of the CFLB, while the others were angry because Ethan was annoying them with his professional advice. Once they found out that Ethan was portraying a pig on the station and he was getting paid bumper stickers, Morgan tells him to stand up to CFLB so he can do his financial report. (laughs) Instead of eating garbage <laughs> live on air. What? But it failed. What? I don't understand <laughs> either. These are inscrutable. <laughs> this is just like oh. verbatim what somebody wrote as the synopsis on TV.com. <laughs> so I 
mean, like, we've already, that one's, like, got some fun premises in it, but it's also just, like, how this transcript is written. That's it's just, eating garbage like, <laughs> Left him saying bum-bum for the entire transcript. <laughs> okay, uh, next one. Ethan received his $40 copy of Jerry Springer Too Hot for TV. Oh, Which no. gave Kevin an idea to raise money to help him buy an expensive necklace for his girlfriend. Ethan became the host of his very own live show called the Ethan St. John Show while Kevin played the audience and George was a special guest who pretended to be a chalk eater, Joey. Throughout the show, <laughs> I don't know. Throughout the show, Ethan and George interviewed George slash Joey's life of eating chalk while Kevin made weird comments. Then Kevin pretended to be his grandmother who Joey sold for $2 to buy more chalk to eat and they started to pretend to fight but George quit after Kevin wrecked his CD. Morgan suggested to make a real life fight and Kevin and Ethan took that and used it by using Morgan and Sarah as the two guests because they kept kept on fighting and fighting. But soon Morgan and Sarah made up and Kevin desperately destroyed Sarah's virtual pet and Sarah blamed Morgan because Morgan was taking care of the pet. Oh Sarah overheard a conversation with Kevin and Ethan and discovered that Kevin killed Mr. Mendelberg, the virtual pet, and did Kevin and Ethan's show. But Kevin had already had enough money to buy the necklace. Kevin offered it to Sarah for killing Mendelberg. Oh my god! Wow. What oh. dedicated fan just went and did all of these? Oh, Sammy. We're coming up to the last one. Okay. The last one's also a page long. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. You ready for this? Yep. Classify under weird. <laughs> is that the start of the synopsis? Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> the gang is forced to come to a special grammar seminar Miss Atoll set up for them, but the class is so boring. It quickly gets to a point where everyone daydreams. Morgan. Morgan speaks out and says that what Miss Atoll is teaching is useless and boring and stuffy and dull. Miss Atoll agrees and Morgan takes over class. She shares her secret for world peace and when United Nations are called, world peace is declared. Morgan then completely denies the whole use of school and everyone starts dancing and doing what they want to do. <laughs> she gets a date with Matt Damon. The daydream is then rudely interrupted by reality. Roger. He slowly goes into a daydream, fiddling with a pencil with a rubber band wrapped around it. The pencil and elastic band very soon becomes... Da 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 da! The Roger Matic 2000! What? This daydream features a cheesy infomercial where Roger advertises his revolutionary product that removes unwanted facial hair, eases arthritis, whitens teeth, does your homework, and brings things back from the dead. Oh my, oh my! It even talks! Oh my, oh my, oh my! It only costs a measly $100,000. Blair! After scratching up a piece of paper and throwing it into the bin, the gang and Missatal are amazed at Blair's skills. Blair becomes a waste paper basketball celebrity owning 17 houses as well as Australia. A kiss between him and Morgan is interrupted when Morgan suddenly becomes Miss Atoll and Blair wakes up screaming. Tanya, an extremely cheesy soap opera, Classrooms of Our Lives. Miss Gertrude Fishwick Atoll tells Cassandra Love, Tanya, that the biology teacher is actually Cassandra's father and is dying from a rare tropical disease. Well, not really. Cassandra actually wildly guesses this. Then Mimi Van Loopy, Morgan, reveals that Miss Fishwick actually poisoned the biology teacher's coffee to get his parking space. Then Cassandra's long-lost lab partner, Skippy, George, appears and announces he's pregnant, then corrects himself <laughs> and announces he's hungry. Cassandra tells him there's grilled cheese sandwiches for lunch. Brad Smoothie, Blair, appears and tells Mimi he's leaving her and marrying Cassandra. Cassandra doesn't want to marry him. But then Raphael, Roger, bursts out of the closet and explains he's been lost in the Amazon for six years. Raphael then goes on to announce that Cassandra is not actually Cassandra, but her evil twin, Squeaky, and that is Brad's... <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Oh, this is so hard. But to her follow. evil twin Squeak- Squeaky, and that Brad is Skippy's brother, and Mimi is Miss Fishwick's daughter. Squeaky then miraculous- miraculously turns back into Cassandra and is about to make a big announcement. Is when we are told that we have to tune in tomorrow's daydream to find out what it is. Oh, and I was beginning to understand it all. George, George becomes the all-time number one superhero. <laughs> Normal man. <laughs> Oh, the commentary is just killing me. It's so good. He and his sidekick, slightly unusual boy, Roger, assist Morgan and Tanya on a highly dangerous mission, getting a drink at the water fountain. On the way, they encounter extremely unpleasant woman, a tall and sometimes a bit pushy man, Blair, which normal man ultimately defeats. George is woken up, standing on the table in a superhero pose. Miss Atal then announces that there will be a test on what they learned that day, which was absolutely nothing. And when the gang leave, a banknote that appeared in Roger's dream is left unnoticed on the desk. Spooky. And that's it. So you you don't really need to watch Radioactive. You can just go to TV.com and read the page-long synopses. This is a 22-minute show. Yeah. It's like fucking 22 minutes of radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, all of... My information about Radioactive comes from TV.com and these synopses. Thank you to the person who wrote them, because he clearly took a lot of time to do yeah. it. Is there like a user attached to them or anything? See, I don't see any any user attached to this. Well, thank you, anonymous hero who yeah. went Whoever and... did this. You didn't have to, but you did. You did. Creator of Radioactive would go on to create student bodies and fries with that. Which were oh. two other uh, YTV sitcoms. Yeah. Yeah. Those both sound really familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Radioactive, obviously. Like, yeah. I remember, like, ads for, like, Radioactive and yeah. stuff like that. I, I definitely remember Fries with that. Yeah. I don't think I watched it, but I remember it being on. Yeah. Um, if you want to know more about this, you can go to iStream Productions, which cites like, itself as being an unhealthy and unwarranted look into the twisted life and dubious career of Shane Simmons, dark writer, morbid historian, obsessive collector, and sick mind. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> I, like, EYE Strain Productions? Yeah. Okay. We'll say, have not looked that deep into Shane Simmons, but he is a biped and insect rights activist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go read about Shane Simmons, Go everybody. Go read about Shane Simmons. Um, educate yourself, because I won't. <laughs> uh, so to wrap this up, we've got a little six degrees of RFR. So Vanessa Langis, who I mentioned before as uh, the person who played Sugar and Glee, she played Sarah in Radioactive, and a few years later, she was in The Perfect Man, the 2005 Hilary Duff movie, in that Vanessa Langis played a character named Amy Pearl. Also listed in the IMDb page for this one is Ashley Newbro, <gasps> Audrey herself. Ah. She's listed as playing Marjorie. However, all of her scenes got deleted. No, Ashley. <laughs> well, now you're starring in Hallmark movies, baby. So they got cross it. paths, but we can't prove it. <laughs> and that's radioactive. Hey, Audrey, how are you? Hi, Travis. What you doing? Um, talking and chewing at the same time. <laughs> You are so funny. Okay, so uh, start of this half, the boys are sitting on the stairs. Audrey comes up to talk to them. She tries to ask Travis out. He brushes her off. She's upset. She leaves. And the boys are like, what the fuck? And he's like, I've gone through this before. A girl likes me because she thinks I'm mysterious. Then she gets to know the real me, freaks out, and it's history. Because he killed the man. But also, also, then he says, once I bring up entomology or obscure Japanese horror films, girls like Audrey run. 
What an asshole. I'm pretty sure Travis is that kid in the Concerned Children's Advertisers placement that said, what's your thing, Bugs? (laughs) (laughs) That's all I could think of. Yes. But oh my god, Travis. The real him is such an asshole. <laughs> it's 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 so pretentious. Yeah, it's he so... likes bugs and obscure Japanese horror. It's basically just like I'm not like other boys. I'm not like other boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear makeup. <laughs> I'm 14 and this is deep. What is that meathead so interested in? Could it be because she's beautiful, quirky, and intelligent? So we cut to Mickey's where Lee Johns and Lily are looking at CDs together and Ray is fuming at a table nearby, sitting with Robbie and Travis. And Travis has this like amazing studying posture where he's kind of got one knee up on the other. He's like holding a book in one hand, writing in the other. He just looks so like... He's so posed. He's so posed. He's trying to be so... I don't know. Everything about Travis is... He's trying so hard. Yeah. I really like um also Ray is is like, Well, what is what is this guy seeing, Lily? And Travis kinda comes to her defense and he's like, Is it that she's beautiful? Quirky? Intelligent. <laughs> she's quirky. I just really like that he uses quirky as her selling point. Yeah. Like the idea that, you know, it's not that she she pretty. <laughs> as much as he's kind of like a pretentious douche, Travis is like he's there for people. See, he's a nice boy sometimes. Ray goes over to Lily and Lee. He makes Lee believe that Lily has a rash. Hey, Lily. How's that rash of yours doing? What? Hey, don't be embarrassed, okay? We're all friends here. You still flaking dead skin everywhere? Lee dips. Lily's pissed. And Ray seems, like, surprised that Lily's angry. Yeah. (laughs) As if what he did was not, like, heinous. (laughs) Not good in any context. No. Come on, man. You don't do that. Here's her number. Here's her favorite song. Here are three things that you can start a conversation with. Call her, okay? Ask her about her art class. Okay. Okay. (laughs) In my notes, I've just got written travis is a fuck boy yeah he's such a like i i have that too just the attitude so ask her about her art class yeah like as if that's not a legitimate like nice thing to ask about yeah he's just so disinterested yeah in anything that isn't entomology or yeah. obscure japanese horror that's the only or art he cares about or killing a man <laughs> yeah so lily basically tries to convince travis to call audrey gives her like gives him like talking points and he's just such a douche about he's it such a douche about it ah oh, travis for every time you call a girl beautiful and quirky you will also have to snark on her art class so ray just can't get enough of being like an asshole and tries to provoke lily on the air and we get the return of choose but now it's ray telling lily to choose between rapping about important issues on the radio or playing dress up with the girls it, it's not going well for him but we get this cool split screen effect and again with that i think we've already talked about that constant rotating of uh of the radio environment and again like this episode is just f- full of really interesting like shot choices yeah I'm, re- I'm really digging the split screen in this part yeah but and then we also get this take of lily calling him out for generalizing any female activity and yes and yes lily it and it's good it's a good moment it's so good 
Anywho, Lily opens it up to listeners. You go, girl. My brother makes fun of me because I cry after sad movies, but he cried after the Super Bowl. How's that any different? We get to the end of uh, that RFR segment for the day after they've taken a bunch of callers who are commiserating with Lily. Ray and Lily get into an argument as she leaves to go on her date with Lee, despite Ray's efforts to foil it. And as she leaves, Robbie says, Why are you being such a jerk? Which is... (laughs) Like, such an essential phrase, just in our own relationship. Yeah, yeah, it's become a part of mine and Jody's lexicon. But, um, yeah, so why are you being such a jerk has become just part of our lexicon, common parlance among the Roach sisters. And, yeah, it's just... I, I'd forgotten it was so early into the series, like yeah. episode three. It's it's right away, and it's it's still so fun. yeah. Ray's being real pissy here because, you know, he was the one who tried to call out the importance of rapping about important issues. And essentially, they just entertained an hour of young women talking about how unfair it is that women are, like, portrayed in a certain light. And that's an important issue, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good moment. I can't explain exactly why I love the line. Why are you being such a jerk? I don't because know either. Like, semantically, it's fine. Yeah. The way he says it, like, there isn't anything particularly weird about it. Yeah. I just love it. Just I just love stuck. his delivery. Something, yeah, something about his delivery just has stuck in our minds for the last yeah. 16 years. Yeah, and we will say it to each other yeah. just in conversation. Yeah, not even when, you know, the other person's being a jerk. Yeah. Like, we'll just say it. Yeah. We're annoying. <laughs> we, we're really annoying, you guys. So in the aftermath of all of this, we've got a lot of tension between the group. We get the reveal that Ray has feelings for Lily. Which I didn't realize we established this so early either. Yeah. Yeah. And to the, think this would have been like the first episode for, yeah, for people. Yeah. And that kind of drives the next 50 episodes. Yeah. That's, that factors in in major ways. Oh, yes. Um. So we get that. Uh, we get Robbie calling him out. Ray lashes out at Robbie and says his relationship isn't real. And then after Ray leaves, Travis agrees and says his relationship isn't real. And Robbie calls Travis out for being afraid to commit to asking Audrey out. So everybody's real frustrated with each other and frustrated with their own relationships. And it's a lot of tension in our little group. It's a lot of bubbling teen angst. Cut to... Lily and Lee's date outside of Mickey's, I think, because there's no other establishment in this town. No, they're just on the Mickey's patio. So what's your favorite soccer team? You already asked me that twice. Oh, yeah, right. So is there anything you'd like to know about me? Do you play soccer? No. Lily and Lee's date is not going well. Lee kind of sucks. <laughs> He's very bland. I think I have a note for this part, just saying, what the hell is Travis doing? Because he seems to be making phone calls and then holding it out to a speaker. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're, we're going very like... odd. This is a full-on angst montage where oh. Travis is trying to call Audrey. It's not working. Robbie gets the fateful... We need to talk message from Eve. And closes his old, old MacBook. And after Lily's date, Ray happens upon her to apologize. He's wearing, like, this is such a, I feel like I saw this combo in Even Stevens a lot too. Like the short sleeve, open button down shirt over like a long sleeve shirt. The Sean Hunter classic. Yeah. I mean, same with early 2000s, like teen women fashion. Yeah. It was all 
like long shirt with like a camisole over top of it. Right. Relax. Lee and I weren't exactly a match. You know, you can only laugh at someone's jokes for so long until you realize that the joke's on you. What jokes was Lee making? <laughs> this is where the charm of Ray comes in. He comes in to apologize to Lily for being such an asshole. And he basically tells Lily that she deserves better than Lee. We close the episode. Robbie's relationship has presumably ended. Travis is holding phones into the radio ether, doing whatever the hell he's doing. And Ray and Lily have a very cute scene where they're playing choose because Ray understands how games work. And Lee doesn't understand games outside of soccer, apparently. Or basketball. Yeah, they talk about soccer a lot. and But we only ever saw Lee playing basketball. Uh. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> Maybe Lee's confused. So that's episode three. So quick list of all the songs featured in this episode. We've got Just a Song by River City High, Sometimes by Bodega, Starstruck, The Yellow Card, Right Before My Eyes, The Snitches, First Bell, 60 Stories, Pocket Rocket by Galore, The Anthem by Good Charlotte, and Keep Running Away by Elise Besler. We have a couple of songs in this episode that, you know, we listen to them again and it's immediate, like, just an immediate nostalgia wash. They, They feel very iconic RFR. We're going to talk about Just a Song by River City High. You're just a song and everybody knows. So yeah, River City High is from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, according to their Wikipedia page, like many Richmond punk bands, they incorporate other influences into their music, specifically classic rock. They released their debut EP in 2000 on Big Wheel Recreation and quickly signed to Doghouse Records thereafter. These guys are pretty obscure. Their Wikipedia page is very tiny and clicking on their official website is taking a long time to load, which is never a good sign. Yeah, so just a song is from their uh, album Won't Turn Down. It says a great, very like early 2000s uh, album art. It's one of those very obscure bands that RFR tended to use a lot. I don't know that I have anything to share on the band. It's just a fun song. So I'm going to say a little bit about Right Before My Eyes by The Snitches. So we hear this song kind of as a transition between Audrey and Lily hanging out to like Lily entering the school hallway after her little makeover. And it's so good because it's just silent and the vocals come in first. So as your transition, you get right before my eyes. And Great. it's really good. It's such a, like, a punchy transition. It's so fun. So uh, Stitches were a band out of Montreal. They released two records in Canada. A Day in the A in 1995 and Sleepwalker in 1998 before they were signed to Universal Canada. Um, there isn't a ton of press about them post-2002, though. So I'm led to believe that their career ended in the early 2000s. But yeah, they did an interview for the Brock Press in which they kind of talked about their itinerary for that year of developing a new record. They're very excited to play a show in St. Catharines, which is a lot of fun. And they said, we always get a lot of punks and a lot of Weezer fans out to our shows. The geek factor is always quite high, which I think is quite fun. But it's a very fun song, if only for that transition. Yeah. It's so punchy and it's so well used. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah, the, the music supervisor is truly the unsung hero of RFR, and we'll make sure to do a deep dive into them yeah. on, a, on a future episode. But uh, 
Yeah, that's episode three. I think our our quote of the episode is uh, is self-explanatory. Yeah. It's the one that's been part of our lives <laughs> since the show came out. And um, I, think, I think for like my favorite snapshot of the episode, it has to be that scene that's being filmed from inside the radio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or just like the, the brief shot of the little boop on the arm. <laughs> Lily's just... But um, a fun episode, a fun introduction to Audrey, and um, a fun reveal of this dynamic between the characters. Yeah. And um, I guess we'll see how Ray's feelings factor into the rest of the show. Oh, to be... I was going to say, oh, to be 14 again, but no With thanks. Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> no. Hard pass. Never again. Never again. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you... Well, we won't see you. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at podcasts. Thanks for listening and tune in next episode on the same dial. Just kidding. We're not on the radio. (laughs) This is Podcast podcast. Free Roscoe signing off. Right, that's what we say. (laughs) 